Yeah. Okay. It claims to be recording. Okay. Let's see. Doesn't matter. There, oh, it doesn't matter whether the microphone's plugged in or not. Oh, here we record the other microphone. Okay. It's just sort of small talk now. Right. But I'll, I'll plug in the microphone. I think it's a little better. That's what they say. Okay. Right. Plug it in. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have it. Right first things first. Well, what's more important, the Macaris or the, the technology? Yeah, technology is posterity. Thank you. I hope I get to the point where I could do that myself. Still two minutes. We still have two minutes. Today? What's his, what was his name? Mordechai Ben Meir. Okay. I'll say it. That's the worst stuff. We don't have a car anymore, so I ran. <laughs> we were in Iraq. Why didn't you have a car? Why didn't you have a car? Well, we were waiting for somebody to cross. I was driving, letting a woman with the children cross and somebody came in back and smashed No. What can I say? It's always the other guy. There were white stripes. Well, I heard that walking is good. Really? I mean, there's the least negative in walking. Swimming, I think, is also very good. I think that's because of the, fat, the fatty food they're eating. Okay, uh, this year is uh, dedicated in memory of Mordechai ben Meir. Right? Mordechai ben Meir, the Neshama should have an Aliyah. And I would like to, I would like to begin a discussion of the Nisim in Mitzrayim. The miracles that took place that enabled B'nai Yisrael to get out of Mitzrayim. And it's never clear. I mean, every year we learn these things twice. Right? We learn them during the parishes of Shavos, Va'era, Bo, Bishalach. And then we learn them again at the Seder. So, you know, some people look upon the, these parishes as partially being a preparation for Pesach. Like, you, you haven't, the Pesach, you don't have time. It's so busy, you have to clean, you have to cook, you have to move this to here and that to there, so we haven't got time to prepare for the Seder. So when do we prepare? We prepare now, during the parishes of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And that's also why, very cleverly, the calendar didn't arrange the parishes of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim at the time of Pesach. Because then we'd never know anything about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. This way, here we are, calm and relaxed. We have nothing to do. So we, to think about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So one of the problems that, uh, that concern us with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is the problem of the way the Jews left Mitzrayim. And assuming that there was always the option 
that a Kodesh Bochel could go somehow in, the, in our imagination to just uh, uh, say poof and the Jews would be out of Mitzrayim and they'd be on their way to uh, to Har Sinai instead the the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was very long and complex and um, and included Paro somehow Paro and the Egyptians and their response to the miracles became very important and also the Chizakti is Leif Paro in the this idea that Paro didn't really have a choice he was not uh, he, he wasn't an actor Chizakti is Leif Paro means that we know what he's going to do we know what he's going to do so then he's kind of in irrelevancy as a personality I mean it doesn't interest me anymore what he does because I know what he's going to do so all of these questions start uh, kind of um, um, boiling around in our minds and what I'd like to discuss today is the first miracle that took place in Mitzrayim and something that Chazal say about this miracle so if you look at the first at the first source Vayom Hashem al Moshe Rei Nasati Nisaticha Okay, that's a difficult puzzle. Uh, you'll be like uh, Elohim, and Aaron will be. So Elohim means a powerful, strong leader. You'll speak, like you'll tell Aaron what God says. And Aaron, in turn, will speak to, will speak to Paro. Shilach is, of course, Piel in Hebrew, which means a, a strong action. It's like, not, uh, not Shevalta said, that Paro will say, okay, I, I have nothing to say, if you want to leave, you can leave, but Paro will actually drive them out of Mitzrayim. B'shilach at B'nai Yisrael. This is the first conversation about Yitziat Mitzrayim in the Torah. Right after the story of the snare, this is the, the first time that this is actually, actually discussed. Then, um, then in Pasuk Gimel, Va'ani akshe et leif par'o. So this is a kind of a, the first statement of this kind. I will harden his heart is what we say in Israel. In, in English, I'm sorry. This is what we say in English. What is, what, what is this? What is this about? Why is God committed to ten plagues and why is it that if you don't harden his heart, then I guess there wouldn't be ten plagues. There would be two. Or whatever number. I mean, Paro would give in. Why is it important for him not to give in? And then there's this other question that everybody asks is, why was Paro punished? If Paro would have let the Jews go, 
but God prevented him from letting the Jews go. So why does Paro have to be punished again and again and again before Yitziat Mitzrayim? I mean, it's not his fault. At least not during this period of time when the plagues were being delivered into Mitzrayim. So, I mean, these are all questions that, that are asked. These are not my questions. But they're certainly worthy, worthy questions. And I don't know if we answered all these questions last year. So we have to try again this year. As though Shvatim Gidolim, Shvatim, Shevet is a staff which, which represents power. Shvatim Gidolim. I mean, special things are going to happen. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Pasuk Hey. Uh, did that happen? Would you say that the way you remember the story that Mitzrayim knew that God is God? After all, the Mitzrayim chased after Bnei Yisrael after Makat Bechorot. At that point, they were not convinced. And then the, they all died. The ones who chased after the Bnei Yisrael. So I wouldn't say that this created a, a situation of the Yadu Mitzrayim. Or what does that mean? What were they supposed to know that they didn't know? Or what was it that they were supposed to learn from this whole process? So suddenly we see that Mitzrayim is included in Yitziat Mitzrayim. Yitziat Mitzrayim is not just leave the exodus from Mitzrayim but Yitziat Mitzrayim is, is like making a statement about Egypt the Yitziat from Mitzrayim is about Egypt they also had a Yitziat Mitzrayim they also supposed to but did they? did they learn anything? is this that we could point to? Pasuk Chet. Hashem. Hashem. Pasuk Vav. Hashem Otam So Moshe and Aaron. Okay, they're into it. God speaks to Moshe, Moshe speaks to Aaron, Aaron explains the situation to whoever has to learn about it. And then there's a, a kind of odd pasuk. Moshe ben Shmonim Shana, Baron ben Shalosh Ushmonim Shana, Bidabram el Paro. So that's what whoever said that life begins at 80. So life began at 80 for Moshe Rabbein. Everything started. What happened the first, what did he do the first 80 years? Who knows? Nothing. What did he do the second 40 years of his life? Everything. What? I don't hear what you're saying. It's either your fault or my fault. I was a joke. 
It was very funny. Tet. Pasuk Tet. Look at Pasuk Tet. Ki yidaber aleichem paro leimor. Tnu lachem mofet vamarta el aharon kached matacha vashlich lufnei paro yehi litanin. So this is the part of the story that is especially interesting. So, who said this? Vayoma Hashem el Moshe vel Aaron. Right, Moshe vel Aaron. Vayoma Hashem Moshe vel Aaron. Leimor. Ki yedaber alechem paro leimor. If paro, you go to paro and you say, this is it, we're leaving. And Paro said, who are you? Who are you two guys? So they say, we're Moshe and Aaron, the prophets of God. We're here to tell you what God wants. So what does Paro say? Paro says, how am I supposed to know that you're prophets? You look regular. What? Abistama. Or the Rambam read him. Right? One or the other is true. So the Paro says, Paro says to Moshe and Aaron, but how do I know that you're anybody? Maybe you're just a Meshuganet. I remember years and years ago when the yeshiva first started, the first year of the yeshiva, a guy came into the yeshiva and said to, I said, who are you? He looked a little odd. He says, I want to go to yeshiva and learn Torah. I said, Why? He says, well, my last conversation with El Yohad Novi, he told me I should go to Yeshiva. So I said, how did you know it was El Yohad Novi? He said, because he, he spoke to me in this special code that only he and I understand. And that's how I know. So I said, well, can you, what, how does this code work? So he takes out a notebook. And he showed me what he said were the coded messages from Eliyahu Novi, all kinds of designs. And stuff, uh, you know, I thought that Givat Shaul would be helpful. And that's where he went. But, but it doesn't matter. It's hard to know. If somebody comes and says he's a Novi. So what does the Torah say? If somebody comes and tells you he's a Novi, so what do you do? You have to test him. You have to test him. How do you test a Novi? Well, what, what's the test? The test is, you ask him to do a miracle. And if he does a miracle, you say, oh, okay, do another miracle. Because we, there are two parts. There's a miracle, and there's evaluating a miracle. Right? It's not so easy to evaluate a miracle. Right? Because before there was an almanac, people thought that every time there was a... Uh, a lunar eclipse, that that was a miracle. But today, take an almanac, you look, the next lunar eclipse will take place at such and such a date, so it's a little hard to say that it's a miracle. Right? Miracles and unexpected go together. So the Torah says, it's written in the Torah, in Devorim, right, that if the, if the Navi, who guy who claims he's a Navi, does a miracle, so you say, do another miracle. And then there are other things that you have to test in him. Whether he has personal integrity, and he's a scholar, and he's a serious person. And then the Torah says, and besides which, he really can't tell you to do anything that's not written in the Torah. 
So that the fact that he's a Novi is a kind of a bonus. But it's not Me'ikar Hadin. Like the Novi, there's never going to be a Novi like Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah was the Torah. But no other Novi could ever have a Nevuah that's the Torah. Could ever say, oh, you know, up to now, we uh, were Shom Shabbos. But now, from now on, we ought to be Shom Shabbos half. There's no, no Novi. There can't be a Novi who said, the Torah says that there can't be a Novi who says anything like that. So here, Paro did a perfectly reasonable thing. He said, you, Moshe, and you, Aaron, say that you represent God. So prove it to me. Prove to me that you represent God. So, uh, <coughs> he says, So I don't know in the world of miracles whether this is called a serious, great miracle or a little miracle or an in-between kind of miracle. But this is the suggestion that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made to Moshe Rabbeinu. Tell Haram to bring his mateh, the staff. The staff, of course, plays an important role in Yitziat Mitzrayim and after Yitziat Mitzrayim as well in the parish of Korach, if you remember. Take the staff, throw it down, and it'll turn into a tanin. What's a tanin? Vesachnit. But we usually say, if you look at those picture books, it looks like a snake. Right? But there's no doubt that turning a stick into a snake, if it, you really do it, is miraculous. It's like remarkable. I, I don't know anything about Houdini, whether he could turn a stick into a snake. But if he did, then we knew that it was a trick. But this apparently is not a trick. A real stick is going to turn into a real snake. So then... Um, They didn't even wait for the conversation. I mean, there's no doubt that Paro is going to say, Who are you? So he threw down the Matel of Nei Paro of Nei Avadav. Vayilatanin. Vayilatanin. Pasuk Yud Aleph. Vayikra gam Paro lechachamim ulebechashvim. So Paro wanted to find out what did Paro want to find out? <laughs> what? They want to find out this miracle is a serious miracle and this miracle indicates that Moshe and Aaron are representing God or the, the, the God that they were representing whether that was really true so how did Paro test it? he said if my guys could do the same miracle then it's nothing like, what's the big deal? It's, it's like in the category of well-known physical changes. I mean, take your staff and turn it into a snake. A lot of people could do that. So if a lot of people could do that, then I'm, I'm not interested in Moshe and Aaron. That's apparently Paro's way of thinking about it. So Paro said, like if we were being nudnikim, we would try to say, what's the difference? What do these know and what do those know? Why do you need both of them? But that's who he called. 
ויעשו גם הם חתולי מצרים בלעתיהם כן, and this you could say was the end of the discussion with, with Paro. You could never convince Paro after this happened. Why? Because even though the Chartumim and the Mechashvim couldn't do Dumb, maybe yes. They couldn't do any of that. But what did Paro think to himself? There's somebody, okay, my guys can't do it. Like, I don't have a deep bench of mechashfim. You know, we're not the legal umit. They would say in Israel. We don't really have first class, even though uh, historically this is not true, I mean the, the Egyptians were very advanced in magic and theurgy and uh, things, but who cares? But power could always say, look my guys they made the staff turn into a snake and that's what Moshe and Aaron came with so there's a kasha on the Rebbeinu Shalom there's a kasha on the Rebbeinu Shalom, what's the kasha? Why? Why did God bring to Pyro a miracle that he could duplicate? Why didn't God bring Pyro a miracle that he couldn't duplicate? Then Pyro would have started having Shemun Ezra right on the spot. I mean, it's, it, the, the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Why that miracle? Why the miracle that was duplicated? Because as I understand it, that was the end of all miracles. After that time, miracles were just painful. The plagues were painful to, 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 uh, to uh, Paro. So Paro went to Moshe Rabbeinu and he said, Please, stop, don't do this anymore. And as soon as it stopped, Paro, uh, Paro regressed. He was not impressed ultimately. He knew that Moshe was a great magician. He knew that Moshe Rabbeinu could do terrible things, but he had hoped that the bag of trips, tricks was over. It never occurred to him that this is from heaven, that this is a godly thing. He just thought it was powerful. And because it was powerful, I mean, he was in pain. But he didn't think he had to send the Jews out of the shrine just because he was in pain. He just, when you're in pain, you just want to stop the pain, that's all. And he thought, Obviously, he thought that the lead out of the posseg of could mean this. That could be what it is. It's not that he was denied free will. But since HaKadosh Baruch Hu, since HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided to give Moshe and Aaron a miracle to do, that could be duplicated by these Chartumim and Chachamim and Mitzrayim. That's what Vichizakti's lay paro means. It doesn't mean that God took away his free will, but that God created a situation whereby the free will of paro would act in a certain way. The paro would understand things in a certain way incorrectly, but he'd understand them in that way. One more pasuk. Vayishlach. Sorry. So there's also the word lahatehem. You see that word at the end of Pasuk Yud Aleph? Lahatehem is a, is a word that, that all the Mephoshim try to deal with. It's a very difficult word. We don't know exactly what the, what the Pasuk means. We know what the Pasuk means, but we don't know what lahatehem is. It's hard to know. 
The last pasuk, pasuk, pasuk yudbet. I'm sorry, pasuk yudbet. The next to the last pasuk. Vayshlichu ish matayu, vayu letaninim. Worse, not just one guy, one Egyptian, one chacham, one chartumim was able to do this trick, but they all did it. It was like you know, it was like the circus. First you have one guy riding around on a horse, and then two guys, and then he's riding around on a horse. Everybody's in on it. So this is the same thing. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Rashi. You see Pasuk Yudbet in Rashi? Me'achar she'chazar v'nasa mateh v'ala et kulam. That's what Rashi says. First, Aaron's mateh, the snake. Aaron threw it down the mateh, became a snake. Then all of a sudden you have snakes all over the place. Right? So Aaron grabs his snake and the snake turns back into a mateh. And then the mater, odd move for a mater, swallows up all the other snakes. Swallows up all the other snakes. Now there is no indication. It says in Pasuk, Vayechazak lev paro velo shama alehem kasher diber Hashem. And paro was not impressed. Why was paro not impressed? I try to explain why he wasn't impressed. Because if you could make a snake... So what difference does it make what happens after the snake? What, what, what difference does it make if, the, if Aaron's mater swallowed up all the other snakes? It just means that he had another trick. Maybe if he called more, uh, more chachamim or more chashvim, more sorcerers, they would also be able to do the same thing. Once Paro was able to imitate, once Paro was able to have his, his sorcerers imitate what Aaron did, it didn't matter to, to Paro what else Aaron did. Didn't matter. Because you see from the first miracle that Aaron was no great shakes. And therefore the kasha is, why do you need a second miracle? What do you need it for? So here you have the second source. Ishmael's Rabbo, Shmot Rabbah. Okay, Parashatet Zion. If the snake, we were talking about the snake of Aaron, will swallow So what will everybody say? There's always one snake that's hungrier than the other snakes. And what's the, it doesn't mean anything. It's totally an accident. It doesn't have any relationship to the whole miracle process. Nachash bolei nachash, eliachzol lebiato v'yivlat atani nehem. But if the nachash becomes a staff, goes back to its original state of a piece of wood, and then it, and then it swallows mate aron et matotam, and then v'yivale et. I'm sorry, eliachzol lebiato v'yivlat atani nehem. 
Right? So why does it say so why does it say in the Pasuk You see? What does it say? This was a miracle within a miracle. Melamed shechazar hamate mate kibriato uvala otam kishiraparo kain tamav amar. So the mate swallowed up all the others. So Paro didn't understand, and he said, "Uma im yomar lemate." What does it make? If he would say to the mate, swallow the paro's chair, or his, uh, uh, so he said he swallowed him. No, no, no. He swallowed this This is a tremendous miracle. Sha'afal pi, shebala, kol otan. So there's a new concept that is introduced in this passage in the Shemot Rabbah. And that passage is, uh, that is, uh, I'm sorry, I'll find it in a second. Omar Avalazar, Omar Avalazar, you see the second line? Omar Avalazar, Nes Betoch Nes. What's Nes Betoch Nes? What is this idea that there was a Nes so it could be that there's a nace followed by a nace. But first there's one miracle, then there's another miracle. So if there's one miracle and another miracle, that's just two miracles. What's special about a nace betoch nace? Let's look at it again. I'm sorry, I, I, since I can't see so well, I don't read so well, but we'll do it again. If one snake, the snake of Aaron, would swallow all the other snakes, the people would not be impressed. That's, you know, that's had things that happen all the time. Nachash bolea nachash. Eliachzon abriato. But let Aaron's nachash go back to its original state. Vayivla et taninehem. Mahu vayivla matei Aaron et matertam. So what does the Pesach mean when it says that matei Aaron swallowed up? The other matot, amarabelozor nes betoch nes melamed shechazara mate kibriato uvala otam. That was what. That's what really happened. That's what really happened. So that it turns out, according to the medrash of Paro, was not only not impressed by the nes, but he was not impressed by the nes betoch nes. 
Now we have to understand, I mean, since the, 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 the Medrash brought it up, I want to understand what Nes Betoch Nes means. Now in order to get a little bit of clarity, Nes Betoch Nes appears in the, in the literature of Chazal a few times, but the one time that I want to, to mention is in a Pasuk in Melachim Bet. You see that Pasuk? In Melachim Bet. <coughs> the Pasuk says this. The Pasuk is about Elisha. You know, the beginning of Melachim Bet is the story of Elisha HaNavi. Elisha HaNavi was, uh, was the uh, inheritor and the Talmud of Eliyahu HaNavi. So it says, the story is told that Elisha came to Yericho. That Elisha came to Yericho. And in Yericho, he was told that people didn't have any water to drink. That the water had become, um, that salt, I guess from the Yam HaMelach, had seeped in to the drinking water, and it was no longer drinkable. And therefore, they begged him to do something about it. So he took a, 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 an amount of water and filled it with salt and threw it into the water that they drank, and a miracle happened that it became clear and drinkable. That's the story of, Eli, of Elisha Hanavi in Yericho. From there, Elisha, the story is told, that Elisha went up Allah le Beit El. Like he went from Yericho to Beit El. We live here in Eretz Israel, so we all understand where Yericho is, we understand where Beit El is, and we understand that to get from one place to the other is Aliyah. You have to go up the mountain to get to Beit El, right? Just like you have to go up the mountain to get to Shechem, which is further north. But Beit El is on that same ridge, right? When Yericho is very low, it's next to Yam HaMelach, which is uh, the lowest place on earth, I think. Maybe they've discovered lower places, but it used to be the lowest place on earth, and right below sea level, way below sea level. And then you go up. So as he was going up, he was on his way to Beit El, the following thing happened to him. I think I have to tell you another puzzle. Perig Bet. Lachem Bet, Perig Bet. Kavdalet. So this, it says, This is Elisha. I'm reading a, a, a Pasuk, I'm reading Pasuk Kav Gimel. Right? You have Pasuk Kavdalet. I'm reading Pasuk Kav Gimel. The Elisha went up towards Beit El. Na'ar is usually older than a Katan. So I don't know what Na'arim Ktanim means. Either they were youthful Na'arim or childish Na'arim. You know, they were, like, both words are used to describe the, the, the young people that came to Elisha. Yatsumin Ha'ir. And they spoke about it. Vayitkalsu often means to praise him, but in this case, it doesn't mean to praise him. They, they were saying nasty things about him for some reason. 
Alei Kerech. Kerech is someone who's bald. Why they said this is not clear to me, or what they meant, but it's obvious that they were not, that was not complimentary. There was something about what Alicia did in Yericho that they found objectionable. It was as though Alicia came and he said, I can do this miracle. And they felt that he was promoting himself in some way. There wasn't really a miracle. And the water was there all the time. I mean, who knows what they thought. But that's what the person tells us. doesn't tell us anything else. Okay? And then, Pasuk Avdalit, Pasuk Avdalit, which you have on your sheets, Vayifen And he looked back, and he saw these Narim Ktanim, Speaking badly of him, go up, you bald guy, go up, you boss. No, as though it's some kind of a terrible, a terrible thing to say, but I don't know what it, what it means exactly. And he, Elisha, cursed them in the name of God, which I guess is a very serious thing to do. Very serious kind of curse. He cursed them. Now he says, "Vateitzena shtayim dubim min hayar." Does everybody remember this story? Did you have one? Everybody learn? Just to show you that what you learn in school, you generally don't remember. What? What was their parnasa? They would schlep the water. Okay. And that's why, you listen carefully, that's why, <laughs> that's why Elisha cursed them. And two bears came out of the forest. Means that they were split open, which doesn't sound like the path to health, to good health. It's another way of saying they died. Forty-two children died because they said to Elisha, Alei Kereach. This to me is a mystery. It's a, I don't know. I don't know what it means. It may be that you are right. Maybe they had some kind of issue with Parnassah, but I don't understand this whole kind of deal. The way I look at it, Nevi'im are supposed to deal with the major problems of the Jewish people and not with a couple of Pushdakim who are saying bad things about Elisha in the middle of a wilderness. But, the way they were killed defies any kind of understanding. What's these two bears coming from the forest? What? What forest? <laughs> it's good. Because that's what the Gemara says. Listen to the Gemara. You see the Gemara? See the Gemara? Maseches Soto. Daf Mem Vav Omed Beis Vatetzen Ashtayim Dubu Meyayar Vatevkana Mehema Bimishnayila. That's the Pesach. Rav Shmuel. The Gemara says, Rav Shmuel, right? You know, the contemporaries. Rav came from Eretz Yisrael. Rav came from Bovel, went to Eretz Yisrael to learn Torah. Came back to Bovel and Shmuel was a homegrown pal product. He was from Bavel. But very often, 
Rav and Shmuel disagree in matters of Agadita. In matters of that are not halachic in nature. They often disagree. They were learning and they disagreed. Now listen to the disagreement. The disagreement is Rav and Shmuel. <laughs> so what's nice? What's a nice? What's the, what's the, what are the two opinions? So the Gemara says, Man do Yar The one who says that there was a miracle, a miracle. There was a forest. What was the miracle? That the bears came out. The bears came out. The Bajor says, the Bajor says, it must have been a miracle. Because if, if there was a forest and it was known that there were bears in the forest, so no one would go that way. Elisha wouldn't go that way. The, the young people wouldn't follow him in that way. They wouldn't follow him. But they must have, uh, nobody thought anything was going to happen. Nobody thought bears would come out of the forest. And then there's this other idea. Man do man nes betoch nes. What is nes betoch nes? Says lo yar haya, lo dubim haya. Well, the levi dubim lo la the yar. Could you have bears without having a forest? So it's a nes betoch nes. In other words. When, when, when uh, Elisha cursed these young people, so what was supposed to happen next was they're going to be killed. So who's going to kill them? The bears. Where are the bears going to come from? They come in the forest. That's one opinion. The other opinion is that there was no forest because nobody would go there. If they thought there were bears in the forest, who would walk there? So if they were walking there, there was no forest. So according to the apostle, the miracle was the forest and the bears. Like there was a miraculous forest that was like created just for this purpose and in this miraculous forest were bears. Were bears. That's called nes betoch nes. In other words, you can't do it according to that, uh, to that opinion. It can't happen unless you do two miracles. Because, why? Why can't you have it? Because you can't have a miracle. I, I, I don't know uh, exactly. We go through all the ten miracles of Mitzrayim. You can't really have miracles that go against nature. This, this is more or less the Rambam's opinion. That's why according to the Rambam, Kriyat Yamsuf, which does go against nature, was part of the creation. The Rambam says that Kriyat Yamsuf was determined during creation. Because, how could you have Kriyas Yamsuf? I mean, how could you have a miracle? Like, uh, Dam, the miracle of Dam doesn't go against nature. Because if you had enough blood to pour into the water, so it would all become full of blood, right? It's not like... But Kriyas Yamsuf, there's no example, really, of Kriyas Yamsuf that could take place in spite of Velikovsky. <laughs> what? Is what? Why? Which part of it? 
Oh, but God appearing is not, you know, there's plenty of uh, times that God appears having a cloud or having that. That's not against nature. The what? Right, but, but to have bears without a forest is, is not likely. Bear, bears don't live in places that are not, but at least I think that that's what the Gemara means. I think that's what the Gemara means. Okay, so we have to look at, uh, we have to first look at the Rapsodic. There's a Rapsodic here on the second page. Rapsodic is from a book called Sichat Malachi Hasharet. Rapsodic wrote this book, or it's printed as part of uh, uh, three separate small books about angels. Right? He talks about talks a lot about angels. Let's see what he says. Kamosha Amru, Amalo Gavriel, Angru Atoshala Karishbohu. what is this Gemara talking about? So if you look at the previous stuff, you look at the previous stuff, we have the Gemara. The Gemara says, Doros Rabbi Shimon Ashiloni. You see the last, the last source on the first page? Doros Rabbi Shimon Ashiloni Bishah, Shepil Nebuchadnezzar Rasha. Hananya Bishah, Vazayah, Letot Kivshad Aish. You remember that? So these were the friends, Hananya, Bishah, and Azayah were the friends of Daniel. And they had gone into exile in Bavel. And they apparently were part of the young people who were being trained for forest service by the uh, by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Bavel. But they refused to participate. Uh, they, they, they ate their own meals and they davened and they didn't want to participate in a big party that was done in a hall for Avodah There was like a big statue of, of one of the Babylonian idolaters. They didn't want to pu- so they were being punished. They were punished by Nebuchadnezzar and their punishment was that they would go into the Kivshan Ha'esh that Hananiah, Mishael, Vazariah went into the Kivshan Ha'esh which is exactly what happened to remember Avram Avinu with Nimrod the Kivshan Ha'esh. Omad Yurkamu, I never met him. Sar Habarad, he was in charge of hail. Hail is like frozen rain, right? So it's water, frozen, wet. He's the Sar Habarad. So he said to Akadish Bohu, Ribona Shalola, a raid vatsanein etakifshan. Let me go and save Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I'll go and put myself on the fire and the fire will be dampened. It'll go out. Okay? And I will save these righteous young men 
from the fire of the furnace. Amar lo Gabriel. So Gabriel said to him, Ein gvurato shelakodesh bekach. He says, they won't be able to see the power of God. She'ata sarbarad. You, after all, are responsible for hell. And everybody knows that water puts out the fire. So that if the Sarha Barad fall goes down on the fires, of course it's going to go out. That's no big deal. I mean, it doesn't, it won't impress anybody. But I, Gavriel, I am the Sar in charge of fire. I will go down and put like make a, a, a cool spot in the middle of the fire. Hananya Mishael Razai will stay in that place. What will everybody see? Everybody will see like the donut of fire. There'll be this donut of fire around them. And um, right, it'll be cool in the middle and it'll be hot around the outside because I will move around the fire in that way so what's a nes betoch nes according to the Gemara and Psachim a nes betoch nes is well What's the nes betoch nes? I mean, there's only really one nes, isn't there? There's a nes betoch nes, even though there's only one nes. What's the one nes? Nebuchadnezzar made the fire. And he's going to throw the, these guys, Hananiah, Mishova, Isaiah, into the fire. What happens? They go into the fire, and nothing happens to them. Why does nothing happen to them? Because Gabriel made the fire into a donut. Instead of burning every place, so where the birds were standing, Hananiah, Mishael, and Isaiah were standing, it was cool. And the fire was all around them. So people looked at it. They said, wow, look what happened. The fire is there, but they're not being consumed by the fire. They're not burnt. That's called a nes bitoch nes, according to Hananiah, according to the Gemara and Psachim. Now let's see what Rav Sadok says. Rav Sadok says, says this. Just one second. We'll get to it. Um, the third line. Ratzalomar. <laughs> So he says, this is natural. If you put water on a fire, so the fire is going to go out, right? Everybody remembers Chagadja, the ones who you stay up that late at night on the Seder. That water takes care of the fire. The fire cannot withstand the water. Enough water will put out the fire. He says, nevertheless, that would be something of a miracle. 
What would the miracle be? According to Ratzedek, why would that be a miracle? Because he didn't expect water. He expected to rain right on that spot. That's what the Barad, the, bar, the Sarah Barad is going to do. He's going to make water come down right on that spot. So that's a mess. Even though water from heaven is not a mess. But water from heaven at that particular moment when Nebuchadnezzar is trying to destroy these young men, that's a called a, that's called a nace. That's called a nace. I'm sorry, Rakshim, Ikoma, Koma, Yad, Nace, Shem is the main as you did that, Mark, Dexham, Rukain, Pinachash, Balatzav, Rad, we don't, it's a different story. Vechain, Besota. The story about the dubim, right? And Elisha, nes b'toch nes, do lo have a dubim, do lo have a yar. Kikasher have a yar, ain't it siyat hadubim nes? Nigre, b'shinui hateva, k'derech dubim latzeit miyar. Because it, if you have a yar. The fact that Dubim show up is not a miracle because there are always Dubim in a yard someplace. Rak mikol makom hunation is damein az yitziata Dubim. But we call that a nes. Why do we call it a nes? Because the timing makes it a nes. It's true that if there's a forest, there may be Dubim in the forest. And if you walk by the forest and the Dubim are hungry, so they might go to see what's going on. But but the fact that the dubin came out of the yar, right? The one who said nace meant that there was a forest. There was a forest. What was the miracle? That the dubin come out of the forest, even though there are always dubim in a the forest. They're there. But why is it a nace? Because they came out at the particular moment that Elisha wanted them come, to come out. Yitziata dubin. dubim. Meikara, kimo bebarad, lo bebarad, meikara. The nes betoch nes, the man that says nes betoch nes, who? Ka'asher hu yotzei miseder ha'teva. That's called yotzei miseder ha'teva. Ve'alzeh ma Gavriel. And this is what Gavriel said. And said nes betoch nes. Shadi sar shel eish. Ratzal omar. Koach ha'sorfai shel eish. Ve'im kol z'akarer. So what is it that Tzodok says? He says that Nes Betoch Nes is not a second Nes. Right? There's one Nes. There's Nes number one and Nes number two. The Nes number one was that the Mateh turned into a Nachash. And Nes number two was that the Mateh ate the snakes. That's not what Nes Betoch Nes is. The essential, uh, the essential text for understanding what Nes Betoch Nes is, is the Pasuk in Malachim Bet. Pasuk Malachim Bet and the, the Pshat in the Gemara. What's Nes Betoch Nes? Nes Betoch Nes is that there was no forest and there were no Dubim. That's called Nes Betoch Nes. And what does Nes Betoch Nes mean in our language? Shinui Miderech Hateva. Shinui miderech hateva. That's nes betoch nes. So why is it, the first is called a nes, if there's a forest, and the dubim, the bears, come out of the forest, that's called a nes. What? 
It was all about timing. It's not about the event. If somebody tells you that someplace in a forest there's a, there's a bear, nobody gets excited. That's reasonable. Okay, there's a little bit of, there's a miracle in the fact that the bears came out just when Elisha wanted them to come out. What's nes betoch nes? No forest and no bears. So the forest is created so the bears will come out so that Elisha's curse would work against the children. That's called nes betoch nes. In the language of Ratzodok, there's a nes. A nes is bederech ha but the timing. And nes betoch nes means that it's, it's beyond teva. It has nothing to do with teva. So now, let's understand. When Moshe, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Aaron, Moshe and then Aaron, that they should take the mateh and throw the, the mateh on the ground and the mateh will turn into a snake. What was that, according to the medrash that we saw? Was it teva or was it a miracle? <laughs> it was Teva, of course, because that's what you think. I'm not. That, that's you figured. That's the right answer, right? Because that's the odd answer. Why is that Teva? What's the proof that it's Teva? Because the Chartumim did it. That proves obviously it's Teva. Look, what does Teva mean? Teva means that there's an explanation in science. That's what Teva is. Right? Science understands it. And not teva means that science does not understand it. That's what, that's the difference between teva and not teva. So when they, when Aaron threw the, the mate on the ground that became a snake, it was obviously teva. Well, how do I know that it was teva? Because the Chaitumim did the same thing. The Chaitumim couldn't have done the same thing, but it was that God did it. So there must be a trick. There must be some way to turn a mate into, into a, uh, into a snake. But the Medrash says, when the Mate of Aaron ate up the other snakes, that was a nes bitoch nes. Because that could not be repeated by, by magic, by science, by whatever, whatever word you want to use. Both words are the same in this, in this context. That's what nes bitoch nes means. So what was it that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent Aaron and Moshe to do. Why didn't they have a nes betoch nes right away? Why couldn't I, why couldn't the say to Aaron, Aaron, make a forest with bears? The bears are going to come out and eat all the heart to me. That would be great. Because, because in the education, I mean, after all, this whole process is a process that implies the education of Am Yisrael, making them worthy of Yitziat Bitzrayim. And therefore, the first thing that Am Yisrael had to learn was about the dominion of HaKadosh Baruch And so what is it they had to learn about the dominion of HaKadosh Baruch That the timing is also a miracle. And the way they learned that was by a Kodesh Baruch doing a nes and then a nes betoch nes. And Paro didn't have the capacity, the, the understanding 
to come to the correct conclusion, but he came to the incorrect conclusion. Uh, uh, Paro's conclusion was that if you can repeat a miracle or repeat something that looks like a miracle because of the timing of it, then even miracles that are greater than that are, are totally unimportant. Whereas the lesson that B'nai Yisrael might have derived is that just as, just as things that look like miracles, because they look obviously like miracles that cannot be attributed to accidents of time are certainly from God, so too are things that can be attributed sometimes to some other kind of information and knowledge are also from God. And if you look at the miracles, if you look at the miracles of Yitziat Mitzrayim, of the Aseret HaMakot, there are two kinds. There are Makot that are based on timing, and there are Makot that are Yotzei Dofen, that don't exist in nature. Right? So if you have Kinim, right? What do you call Kinim? Rice. Rice! Thank God, here in Israel we have a few lice. Right? There are a few children who have a few lice. But the timing made it a makkah. But Paro, he couldn't understand that. He says, lice? What kind of makkah is that? That's called teva. Okay. Okay, so you could have in Baltimore every 19 years, you could have crickets. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that God is there. According to Paro, what? Locust. Locusts worse than crickets, right? Gazelbazach. Except the locusts, they come and bolt them all at once. Every 19 years, really true. If I thought that in two years from now the locusts would attack me, I would move. And the people in Baltimore sound like they have a certain kind of resilience. The, 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 the point was, the point was that Am Yisrael had to understand that everything, everything comes because it's part of divine will. Even things that are nature, that look like they can be repeated by magic or other things, also, also come from God. And this is what Paro was unable, was unable to, to understand. And that's what the Machlokes Rabin Shmuel in the Gemara Psochem is about. That one says, Nes, and the other one says, Nes betoch nes, to teach us. And that's what Ratzadok explains. That nes means it's something that looks natural. But the timing of it is remarkable. And nes betoch nes is something that couldn't happen in nature. It couldn't happen that there's a forest where a minute ago there was no forest. That's nothing that has anything to do with nature. That only has to do, that only has to do with God. So that in the lesson that Moshe and Aaron were teaching Paro, I mean, Paro failed. He failed the exam. He wasn't able to understand the distinction. But at the same time, there was a lesson for B'nai Yisrael and, and the, the Makot in Mitzrayim, Yitziat Mitzrayim, is about the preparation of Am Yisrael to receive the Torah. Who can receive the Torah? People have certain understanding about things. They don't know the whole Torah. But they're worthy of receiving the Torah because they understand correctly the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch and the created world. And that's the distinction between Nase and Nase below Nase, according to Rav Sodak. Have a good Shabbos. What, what, what?
Okay, good, good. Say the quiz up, Mars, Mars. What do I do with this stuff? Record. Record now. I don't want to record now. I hope it stops. I know how to stop it, but. Like this, man. Recording. No.